0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints for the first time author Peter Papathanassou, who's uh, the author of *The Stoning*, that was the crime debut of the year, according to the Times. That was, uh, and he was described. Peter was described as a fresh and distinctive new voice in outback noir. His new book, *The Invisible*. Uh, this is a, a a different sort of book it's probably number two in this series it uh, it takes detective Sergeant George Manolis uh, leaving Australia to go to Greece for a holiday and he's tracking down the invisible it's out now uh, on Hachette, uh 3299 retail price trade paperback welcome uh, in saying that welcome to uh, viewpoints Peter
1: G'day Henry thanks for having me mate
0: yeah. I- being an author is not, uh, not something that when I read your bio, I would have thought you would have ended up being. Uh, you could have been many things, uh, uh, particularly in the field of science. Uh, and we need our scientists, but we also need great writers and storytellers. Uh, the reason you didn't go down the path of much of your, um, your education, Peter.
1: Oh, I mean, you know, writing and reading was probably my first love, you know, back in primary school. It sort of came innately, you know, uh, storytelling. Uh, I come from a Greek background and, you know, Greeks have a great, you know, history of of being storytellers. Um, But then I sort of, you know, started doing well at school and, you know, mathematics and science and uh, I left the creative pursuits behind and, and progressed academically, you know, went to university and did uh, biology and law um, and then that, you know, pushed me into becoming a scientist in my 20s and and then I started feeling a bit, uh, you know, burnt out and overwhelmed, um, you know, working as a scientist uh, around 30 and I decided to reconnect with my creative side of my brain and and started writing again Um, and now here I am three books into the uh, publishing journey.
0: Mm. Now Peter you were once asked what are your goals as an artist to which you answered quote my goal as an author is to be able to keep writing and publishing books now to a significant extent I guess Peter that would depend on people wanting to read your books Uh, now with that in mind introduce us to your latest novel The Invisible and why you believe it's a great read.
1: Yeah, um I think it's a great read because it's a very unique uh book. Um you know, my first book uh, novel last year was a work of outback noir, a crime story set in a outback Australian town and there's many of these, you know, uh these days almost, you know, monthly there's a new outback noir um novelist or, or, or book um And uh, I found that a very familiar setting in which to write my debut novel. You know, I grew up in Australia. Um, You can hear it in my voice that I have a, you know, typical Australian accent. (laughs) Um, But my protagonist character, as you said, uh, Detective George Manolis, uh, you know, borrows from my own background, you know, Greek-Australian, so I thought... For the second book in the series, it, it only made logical sense to to take him to to Greece for um, his next adventure. Um, and you know, when most people think of Greece, they think of the idyllic islands and blue water, or the you know, rich history in a in a in the capital of Athens, you know, with the Parthenon. Um, that's sort of the touristy side of Greece. And I admit, you know, if I was to go to Greece, uh, that would be the first you know, stuff that I would want to see. But my book is set in what you, could I guess, call outback Greece, which is the northern part of the country where it snows. People are surprised to hear that it, that it actually snows in Greece, and probably in the same way they're surprised to hear that it snows in Australia. And um, it's where I was born and where my brothers live. Um, and it's an area which is off the tourist trail, you know, so not many people go up there. It's close with the countries of Albania and North Macedonia. There's um, dangerous, you know, animals and and treacherous terrain and all these opportunities for people to sort of exploit this quiet nature of this region of of outback Greece. So I really don't think there's many books in the market that are, are like the invisible um, there'd be many that would be written in Greek uh, within the country, but not many that would have seen a, an international market. So that's why I think it's a it's a really uh, good book to read.
0: Mm, oh, and I agree with you. Now, now you also said um, the stoning is a work of outback noir. I was a bit surprised with that. Uh, your next comment, which is along the lines of, "That's a modern marketing term for crime fiction set in the Aussie bush," you're almost dismissive of the term. Um, noir writing and yet uh, yet uh, it's very compelling compelling storytelling
1: yeah i mean i mean you know there was noir noir is sort of a, a subgenre of uh, of crime writing you know it's sort of obviously the french word for black and it delves into the grittier darker side of of life and society it often portrays societies in decline you know there's anti-heroes and the 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 endings aren't normally um positive um so there's been there's many different flavors of noir um people would probably be most familiar with scandi noir the the Stig Larsson series of of books and and became you know massive um hollywood film as well um american the american south has a version called southern noir um you know books that are set in louisiana and and alabama and 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 texas and that sort of um very dry and very insular part of America and I guess we've got our version which is Outback Noir and again it just sort of becomes a marketing uh, term and and maybe you know my book could be considered Greek Noir um, if you want to sort of boil it down to to a couple of uh, of, uh, (laughs) words to describe it.
0: Mm. Now I'm fascinated to know how many books are going to be in this series, and uh, does this uh, Manolis become something of a, a jet setter around the world in noir settings in the outback of other countries?
1: That's not a bad idea, actually. I, <laughs> thought, I, I, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I'll look, you know, how many books in the series? How long is a piece of string? Um, I liked the opportunity to be able to write a book set in another country and it's a country that I'm very familiar with. Uh, I might be able to execute it in a, in a third or a fourth country. um, But the series will be returning to Australia for, for the next installment, which will be um, next year. So um, yeah, the idea of a jet setting detective is very appealing. I can certainly (laughs) do some really good, some really good research projects then, um, you know, on some uh, idyllic islands and and that sort of thing.
0: Uh... We, we can dream, and I'm sure it'll probably come true for you. Now, Peter, you said um, you said that you like to write something more than just a who done it, as as appealing as a who done it is. Why? Uh,
1: I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I sort of, I when I was looking at my own reading tastes, I, I kind of, I really like reading literary fiction, and and in terms of a genre, um, crime fiction. Um, crime fiction was. Really interesting. It is it is very marketable, very popular. There's screen adaptations that are made. Um, uh, it's a puzzle as well. Uh, people like the aspect of trying to solve, you know, a, a puzzle. So as an author, you're trying to set up um, a puzzle for readers to try and work out. Um, but one thing I like about the genre is um, when there's a crime, it, it often... Um, questions get asked you know somebody comes in uh, a detective or maybe a journalist and and they're asking questions about a community and it then gives you an opportunity to dig deeper and and expose you know things in people's backgrounds and it is an opportunity to also say things about life and and our society it could be really hard to do that in, in a literary book but when you've got a crime, you know, somebody dies or somebody goes missing or somebody is uh, abducted. Um, It it gives you that really effective vehicle because questions get asked and things start to, you know, get exposed. So I found it a really safe place to write um, because, you know, those books do have certain structures. Um, But it does give you that opportunity to uh, say something about the world that we live in. Um, and it's also a really good way of getting um, a message across. You know, people are sort of bombarded by um, media these days and and they do escape into fiction to escape reality, uh, which my books try to do uh, first and foremost. They're, they're meant to be entertaining, you know, um, stories. But when you've got people's attention and you've got them in that space, the opportunity to, to you know, infuse a, a message and say something about, A country or a community or a society is almost too good of an opportunity to pass up so hopefully when people read my books they're entertained first and foremost they're they're taken to a place experience a setting that they might not normally see but that they also learn something from them
0: Mm, it's a good point and i'll take that up after our break can you hold the line peter mentioned uh, that uh, you've got a, a Greek background and uh, you, you talked about a lot of the historical things, but there's so much more to Greece. Yet in the book, um, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, re- revealed that uh, history is everything to the Greeks. You were born there, as we know, um, from someone who has really only spent a fleeting moment of his early life in Greece. Is history everything to you as a Greek or somebody who... Is curious about that past.
1: Oh, mate! I mean, you know, Greek history. Uh, I can't profess to being an expert. There are you know, the people devote their lives to to studying history in a country as old, you know, and as ancient as, as Greece is. Um, I just remember uh, when I visited. You know, when you, when you when you are a tourist and you do find. Uh, out about you know a place and how it's come to being, um, you know almost more than you do um, you know where you live. So I was just sort of fascinated to find out about this part of of northern Greece, um, which was um, annexed as as, as uh, from to be to become part of Greece only about a hundred years ago. Uh, There was a major um, war that involved uh, Greece and Turkey, and the decision that was made between the two countries afterwards was that um, there would be a massive population exchange. So all the Greeks living in Turkey would have to go to Greece and, and vice versa. So just imagine if Australia and New Zealand went to war now, and the outcome of it was that You know, all the Australians living in New Zealand had to come back to Australia and all the Kiwis living here had to go back to New Zealand. It was, you know, essentially ethnically cleansing the populations. And it was with a view to bringing peace to the region. So that was a massive, you know, event a hundred years ago. It actually involved my grandparents. And when they were sent to live in Greece, because they were living in Anatolia in Turkey, they were told, you've got to go up to the north. Because that's a newly formed part of Greece, and we need to infuse that region with Greek blood. So I always wondered why my family I was disappointed when I found out that they weren't from a, a, a beautiful, idyllic island in the south, you know, nice and warm, um, or from, you know, Athens, for example. And why were they from this remote part of northern Greece? And it's because they were refugees who were were sent to to live in Greece, and then, you know, make that area of Greece Greek. So when you find out about that that history, and you find out about your grandparents, and how it all makes sense, of course, you're intrigued and compelled to find out more. The area that I'm talking about was, you know, very low population density, even today, it's one of the lowest in Europe. Um, one of the lowest, uh, you know, GDPs, uh, in terms of economics in that part of the region high unemployment and it was actually an area that was cut off from the rest of Greece for many decades you needed a military escort to to enter this part of the country so you know when you go there and you find out about this is recent history in the last 100 years not not stuff going back centuries you find out about this recent history and these are the things that your grandparents and also your parents you know, went through. When, when uh, Hitler um, invo- er, 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 invaded Greece, he came from the north. So the very first, you know, major town that he came through um, was where my where my family's from, where I was born, this town called Florina. So this is stuff that was happening, you know, what's that, 70, 80 years ago now. So you find out about this history and the geography of the region and you think, man, I, I've got to write about this and i I don't want to just write about it from a historical perspective i want to write about it in a story that can entertain and also you know educate people so that's how this story um made sense and how i wanted to use history recent history as its backdrop
0: Mm, which leads to my next question and in your dedication i'm always fascinated by the little things and yet they're always often very important peter for my brother's Vazilius and Georgios who helped inspire this story. How did they do that?
1: Well, I mean, they did that by, by first of all, uh, introducing me to the area, you know, showing me around. Um, and they actually introduced me to the man who is called the Invisible. So the the title of the book is something that you know, people um, are curious about. And I remember when I went to Greece, you know, I think the first time I've, I've been there four times now um, I was introduced to a friend of my brother's who described himself as an invisible. And I was like, what's that? And he said, well, look, you know, my brother said, I mean, he's been friends with this guy for 30 years, you know, he trusts him with his life, but he, this, this friend has no driver's license, no social security number, no social media accounts, no um, phone, you know, records, um, no hospital records, no birth certificates. For all intents and purposes, he doesn't exist, you know, um, officially within the country. And you know, Greeks are generally very distrustful of their government and their politicians. So they—that's they, why they—they they don't pay taxes. It's why the country ended up in, in, in economic hot water with the EU uh, last decade. So this was an individual who was, you know. Uh, basically sticking up a, his middle finger to officialdom and the government and saying, you know, I'm not going to give you any footprint of, of, of me. Uh, I'm just going to live and you're going to have no idea um, that I even exist. So I just found that really fascinating and I thought, how can someone like that exist in this modern age where so much of what we do is is regulated or electronically footprinted, you know? I couldn't imagine somebody like that um, you know, a uh, functioning in, in Australia. So I thought he was a really compelling character as well. He was very charming. You know, he had the gift of the gab, and that's kind of how he 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 got through life. He he dealt with some shady characters, but he also you know had some very influential people in his back pocket. And I thought, man, you know, I've got to this 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 guy's too you know charismatic. He's got to be the 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 feature. Of a book that I write, and then the setup was sort of very simple. If you've got somebody who doesn't exist officially, what happens when that person goes missing? So that's that's, that's essentially the, the the premise for the book.
0: Mm, and it's a fascinating one indeed. Times on the winning couple, of last quick questions, Peter. Um, everything we do has an impact on ourselves, and this book, uh, this book's this the, the, there's a lot of personal discovery. I'm, I'm sure related to the development and the writing of this book. What's been the impact on uh, on yourself, having completed the book?
1: Oh, I think this book is uh, it's an opportunity for me to share this part of the world to readers. Uh, you know, when I've travelled there, I've 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 been either by myself or. Or with my wife uh, and uh, or once with a girlfriend and I, I was there you know, also with my mum and I said man, I'd love to be able to show my friends this place I'd love them to be able to come here and see the town and see the region and these beautiful you know uh, massive transnational lakes that are only an hour away and ski fields and mountains um, but the chances of any of my friends ever visiting that part of the world is just so remote, and I understand why. So, the pride I get in this book, you know, beyond telling a hopefully a very interesting, unique story, is being able to share the region um, in, with, with, with my friends and, and also with, with readers, you know, more generally, because I, I doubt they would have picked up a book like this previously, um, and you know, hopefully it's entertaining and, and, and compelling for them.
0: Mm. Well, it certainly is for uh, for me, and um, I'd like. I'm confident that that's true. As we go out, Peter, you um you were giving advice once upon a time to people uh, wishing to get into the, I guess, publishing their writing, and you said that you admired debut authors because of how hard it was to break through with their first book. You now a successful author with more than one book out there. From the perspective of uh, that position, what's your advice to people? Does the weight of expectation and the, the need to come up with some new idea and keep that creative, the creative juices going um, can be a challenge for people? Um, what's your advice to people that are in your position?
1: Oh, you know, as you said, you know, it, it's it's trying to come up with something novel and interesting. Um, it's certainly a, a huge challenge for debut novelists because they're unknowns. You know, they they have to they have to get noticed by uh, agents and publishers. But at the same time, it's also very exciting for our publishers to to introduce a new voice to the world. You know, because it is someone with a fresh voice and someone that they've not seen before. So I think the challenge for more experienced, more seasoned writers is, I guess, to remain relevant, you know, because you, I guess you're always looking at, at uh, you know, the, the next new voice that's, that's able to emerge. So that's why I've said my, my goal is to to be able to keep publishing. And if I can keep doing that, that's a reflection of being able to um, continue to tell interesting stories. I think your writing gets better, as you progress further into books and it's like a muscle that you exercise that the, the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. So, yeah, as you said, telling stories that are still creative, still compelling, um, and, you know, trying to remain fresh, even though you're never going to quite have that, you know, debut sparkly, bright new thing anymore. Hopefully you become a safe pair of hands an experienced writer. And people know when they pick up your book, that they're going to go on a on a really cool little, uh, literary adventure.
0: Mm, I'm sure they're already doing that with you, Peter. Can I firstly thank you for the time you've given uh, to us and our listeners to share some of some of yourself and your book and your and and your history with us on the program, and also congratulations on well, I consider it to be an excellent book, The Invisible.
1: Thanks, Henry. Appreciate your time.
0: That was Peter Papathansu. Uh the Invisible, published by Hachette. It's out there now. I recommend it, and uh, I don't think I'm a bad recommender, listeners. We'll take a break.